This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 11, please. I'm going to spend just a few minutes with you today. I'm going to tell you in advance so that you won't, so you'll know what's going on. Uh, when I close the service, my part of the service out today, stay, stay here because the service will not be over. I'm, I've asked Al, Al, wave your hand. Al's an incredible man of God. He has a fabulous testimony. He is a walking miracle. Yeah. I mean, you know that Al is a walking miracle. He's going to come up here and share his testimony with you and even pray for you. This man's a man of God. And he's got the anointing on him, and he's going to come up and pray for you today. So don't leave. If you see me at the end of my session, walk out. Everybody be respectful, stay. And of course, gentlemen, if you'd stay to the end and help us with the chairs, we'd greatly appreciate it. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word we're about to receive. We're so excited, so thankful to be in the house of God. We're so ready, Lord, to hear because the word is alive. It is not just a historical book, even though it does have history in it. It is just, it's not just a manuscript, Lord. Of course, it's a manuscript of people's lives and things that have been done and recordings of those events. But Lord, it is a living, breathing entity that even in 2021 is current, up-to-date, relevant, and has answers for us right now with the things that we are seeking and searching in our lives. And we praise you, Father, for salvation, deliverance, and healings in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted, Amen. Acts chapter 11. So we are talking about uh, what a Christian is. Everybody say a Christian. Now I want to say this. Let's say it this way. What a real Christian is. Let's first of all say a few things that a Christian is not necessarily. Just because a person goes to church to a Christian church does not make them a Christian. Amen. Just because someone has a Bible does not make them a Christian. If you go to the bookstore, they'll have Bibles on one shelf and Wiccan and all kinds of new age stuff right there on the same row with the Bibles. Are you listening to me? So just because you go to church, just because you know some verses, just because you have a Bible does not necessarily, even those things are important, it does not necessarily make you a Christian. Amen. How many of you, uh, have ever slept in a Holiday Inn? You ever stayed at a Holiday Inn uh, hotel? How many of you remember their commercials that they had a little while ago? Remember guys in there and he's working in the, in the, uh, in the operating room and they go, how long have you been a surgeon? He's not, he said, I'm not a surgeon, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. How many of you say, a lot of people say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, how? Well, because I went to church on Sunday. But how many of you, if you were really sick and you needed brain surgery, would just go out here and find the first guy on the street and say, would you perform brain surgery? Or how many of you would go for a real doctor? See, just because you tell me a doc, you're a doctor, uh, I'd like to see some credentials before you start splitting my head open. 
Amen? So what we have going on in, in America especially, because I'll, I'll address that mainly because we live here, we have a real confusion right now in America what a Christian is. Because the world, we've allowed people that are worldly and aren't committed to our God fully or don't even really believe in our God define what a Christian is or should be. But we need to go to, as my great friend, Dr. Hilton Sutton, who is in heaven today, used to say, we need to go by the book, the book. I love the way he used to do that with all authority, you know. We need to see what the Bible says. Amen. So here at Antioch, we're going to read from the New Living Translation in Acts chapter 11. GP, are you with me? Now, how many of you know when you amen a pastor, he goes faster and he gets done quicker? And how many of you know when you don't that he swears to you? So you can have it either way you want it this morning. I can, I can cover, recover, and recover what I recovered. Or we can go right on along, man. We can get into this. We can zip right on in. Be blessed. Be filled. Be full. Walk out of here victorious in about two hours instead of six. Got you with that. Didn't you? Or we could maybe do it in 35 minutes. Yeah. Amen. Mm, I don't know. That wasn't good enough. I guess 55 minutes. Amen. All right. So here we are in the New Living Translation, Acts chapter 11. Uh, Paul, who has had this great conversion, his name was Saul. He was a murderer, but he's had a real conversion with Christ. And now Barnabas is bringing him to the other believers here in Antioch. And Antioch is a thriving city, as we mentioned. It is a metropolis now. It's the third most important city in Rome. And, and there's a lot going on there. And the Christianity is now spreading and going f- further into other regions. And now the believers, are a lot of believers emerging in this very pagan city. And the Bible says in verse 26 from the New Living Translation, when, when he found him, talking about Paul, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year. Man, if I could keep people for a full hour, I'd be great. But for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. The first mention of Christians in the Bible we find here at Antioch. And the important thing that we've been talking about is they did not call themselves Christians, but the people there in Antioch begin to say, you know what, they're they're, they're Christians. And why did they call them Christians? Did they call them Christians because they knew the scriptures? Well, probably not. Did they call them Christians because they walked around in funny robes and, and prayed for people? Probably not. But why they really called them Christians is because they sounded like Christ. They acted like Christ. They spoke like Christ. And it was almost like Christ was still there. Can you say amen? Amen. So they called them Christians. They saw something in them that made them be identified with Christ. Now, what I said this morning, and I want to try to plow as fast as I can into this, is something was happening in them. Christ was showing out of the inside of them. How many, and all you ladies in here, how many of you ladies have had children? And when you find out you're pregnant, not necessarily would anyone know but you and or the doctor and or your your husband. They may be the only people that know until you tell someone else. And for the first couple of months, no one would know. 
But you get to six, seven, eight months and, uh, you know, something happens to your body and what people say, oh, she's showing now. Isn't that what they say? Oh, she's showing now. And they say that because what's on the inside is showing that it's got to, it's about to come on the outside. And what happened at Antioch was these disciples of Jesus had so much of Jesus on the inside of them that they were showing. Now, they weren't making a show. They, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean you tote the biggest Bible, you wear the biggest cross earrings, you have the biggest gold chain with the cross around your neck. But what they were doing is Christ was so much in them that he was showing out of the inside of them. Can you shout amen? So they called them. The unbelievers, can you imagine this? The unbelievers said they are, uh, there's so much like that Christ, there's so much like him they're just like, and we're going to call them Christians or Christ ones or what we say Christians. And they gave them that name. Now here we are in 2021 and there's a real confusion about what a Christian is. There are, see, there are people today that believe because they have been to church or they have a Bible or they said a prayer when they were 15, they believe they're Christians. Meanwhile, they sound just like everybody else. They, they do things just like everybody else. They go where everybody else goes. And really their old life, they're still living their old life calling themselves a Christian. But that's not what the Bible says. Can you shout amen? Now don't shout me down now because I'm preaching a little bit. So I gave you these things to write down. I'll give them to you quickly again this week. Number one, being a Christian is a journey. Everybody say a journey. Now, when you become a Christian, something happens on the inside of you and some things happen instantaneously. How many of you remember when you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord for the first time? Now, if you were like me, I was a heathen. I was a 17-year-old hippie heathen. I was raised in a heathen household. All my family were professional heathens. I came, I want to make this clear, I came from the tribe of the heathenites. There was no God anywhere in my house. You get the picture, right? I know I've told you, but I want to get you back into the frame. And I've also told you that one thing that happened in our household is everybody cussed. My mama cussed. My lousy father who was hardly ever there, he cussed. My older brother cussed. My older sister cussed. So as a little boy, I became pretty proficient. Man, by the time I was four or five, man, I had a great vocabulary working. And here's the thing. We didn't get corrected if we cussed. My mama let my sister cuss, my brother cuss. So little old me came up, so I became a little cusser, man. I was good at this thing. We cussed each other. You blankety blank, get out of my way. No, you're a blanker, you get out of my way. Well, take your blankety blank seat. Can you imagine living in a house like that? Can you understand what a miracle it is for me to be here today? But when I got born again, I went in there just to get, as you've heard me say, fire insurance. I didn't want to die and go to hell. I'd heard about it. I dreamed about it. So I went in there to not, I wanted to get a, I wanted to get a get out of hell free card. That's all I wanted. But something hit me on the inside. Nobody told me about it. I'd never read it. I didn't know anything about being a Christian. Something hit me on the inside and something in me completely turned upside down. I got up from that altar and walked away from there. That was 45 years ago. And I was a professional cusser and I stopped cussing immediately. Everybody say immediately. Now, some of you aren't there yet. I know that. <laughs> I've been around you. 
But, but I, I say that only to say that that particular part of my life changed immediately, but not all of our lives change. We are on a journey. So being a Christian doesn't mean being perfect. Doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. Doesn't, doesn't say you don't say a wordy dirt every now and then. Right? Now I don't, except one time. I had to confess this morning in front of the congregation in God. In 45 years, I have never let a cuss word slip. Now think about that. A professional cusser raised around all the cussers. And I've not let any cuss words slip except for one time I had a family member over. If anything will make you cuss, it's that. I said that, I didn't, it wasn't a long word, but boy, it was pointed. Amen. Because listen, God knows that when you, now, so when I say what is a Christian, I'm not saying you're perfect. We're not perfect, but we are on a journey and we're, but we're certainly not where we used to be. And we don't go where we used to go. And we don't hang with we, who we used to hang with. We don't sound like we used to sound. We don't do the things we used to do because now we're focused and we're on a journey and we're wanting to go somewhere. So we're, with the help of God and the Holy Spirit, our intention is to leave it behind. And if we sin and if we trip up and if we slip up, instead of running back over and going, I guess I'll just go back into that life. We say, no, Father, I ask you to forgive me. That was wrong in Jesus name. I confess it. I ask you for to give me to forgive me in Jesus name. I want to do better. According to first John one and nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we're not the same. We, we, we are not the same. Here's what most people don't understand. If you have become a Christian, you are not the same person. The Bible says you have been born again. In the deep south, they say born again. <laughs> he done been born again. <laughs> Bad English, but that's the way they say it. Look at your neighbor and say, he done been born again. Okay, I know that's wrong English, but it does bring a point home, doesn't it? So, we, and most people, but there's the deception of the day we live in because there have been so many preachers and so many people that have made people think that if I say a little prayer, Confess a little scripture and, and then I become a Christian and I'm a Christian the rest of my life. I can go back to where I was at. I can keep doing exactly what I was doing and I'm a Christian. But do you think that they would have called those people in Antioch Christians if they'd have been acting like their old heathen selves? Absolutely not. They saw them trying to be like Christ and sounded like Christ and they responded like Christ and they loved like Christ and they, and their whole life had turned. Can you shout amen? amen? So I want you to get a picture that's a little different from what the world is trying to sell the world. And listen, by the way, the Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go therein, but narrow is the way that leads to life and only a few are going in. So there must be a lot of wrong teaching about what a Christian is because a lot of people think they're going into heaven. In the meantime, they're on the highway to hell. <laughs> sorry, a little ACDC got in me there for a minute. I'm sorry. Angus was all over me there. Get away from me, thou spirit. Uh, Had a little inflection there from the past. Uh, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Did you know the Bible says many will say, I prophesied in your name. 
I did this in your name. I went to church. I helped some people in the church. I gave a little bit to the poor. I I said a prayer in church one day, and the Bible says many will say they did that. You know what the Bible says Jesus said? But I will say unto them, depart from me, because I never knew you. That word know, kenosos, and, and then you get into the word and, and, and break it down in the, in the Greek, and it talks about an intimacy. Jesus said, what are you talking about? We never got tight. You, you never spent any time with me. You never really got close. You never asked me what I wanted you to do with your life. You only did what you felt like doing. You only did what you wanted to do. I never really knew you. Now, I've been with my wife now 39 years in October. We, as I've said earlier, as I say all the time, she's my best friend. I know her. I took the time to know her because uh, if we're going to be one, then I have to know something about her. She knows this is true. I've told you this before. I shop for her clothes a lot of times. When at Christmas and at, on her birthday, I go out, I shop for her clothes because I know her size. I know what her panties and bra are. Bless God, hallelujah. Thank Jesus, amen. We marry. And if I don't know that, I don't know her. Now, some of these men are going, oh, God, would he please get off of this? <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Help me, Tom Cruise. No, never mind. But anyway, <laughs> Oprah, get in here. <laughs> so being a Christian, say being a Christian is a journey. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it does mean that our intent is to get to the mark of the high call, which is in Christ Jesus. I want to make it to the end. I want, I don't want to be one of those at the last minute that don't make it in. I want to make sure that I'm on the right track so that when my last breath is breathed and my last moment on earth is here, that I pass into glory with God because to be absent from the body is either to be present with the Lord or be into a place where there is burning and fire. And there are no third options. What is a Christian? It's a person who's on a journey, committed to Christ, intent on finding their way, that even if they make a mistake, they don't go back. They get before God and they correct and they keep pressing forward. That's what a Christian is. Amen? Number two, I mentioned last week that being a Christian is, a, being a Christian is identifying with Christ. Meaning I am not ashamed of, the, of being a Christian. We read the scripture over in First Peter where it says if you suffer because if you suffer in this life because you are a Christian, you should count that as a blessing. I mean, have you ever been persecuted because you're a Christian? Because if you haven't, you're not showing enough yet. Anybody in here? So this thing about identifying with Christ. I remember when I became a Christian, my friends, I remember I was hanging out with some hoodlums. Everybody, anybody know what a hoodlum is? Yeah, some of you young folk don't know these words that we used to have, but, but they were hoodlums. Hoods, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the word is nowadays. They're bad. But I remember, as I've told you, when I became a Christian, even, I, I mean, they wanted me to still go with them, run with them, hang around them, do the stuff that they always, man, man, we know you got that Jesus thing, but you can still come with us. But I already realized, man, I don't fit in anymore. I can't identify with that anymore. I, it's like, are, are you kidding me, man? I can't, I can't even believe I did it. See, when you really start walking with God, you start thinking, I used to do that. Oh my gosh. Now that I think about it, I can't even believe I used to do it. Because now my identity is in Christ. It's not through social media. 
I don't feel any pressure for, to be liked on social media. But my friends, if I don't say, you know, certain thing, when I do say certain thing, they say that thing and I say that thing right back and I confirm, I'm going to get a lot of likes right there. I feel no pressure to get the likes because I've been born again. You've mistaken my identity. You're trying to identify with someone who died, but you see there's a new version of me now. You're, you think I, I have a different identity. I have changed identities. I don't have the same identity anymore. Can you shout amen? And then number three, we talked about last week that uh, one thing about being a Christian is understanding that you are a name bearer. Everyone say a name bearer. Now, I use this illustration. I realize I use it, but I can't improve on it. So I'm going to go back again just to refresh you. I am a name bearer. That means if I say I'm a Christian, that means I represent Christ. Wherever I go, I represent Christ. I have to be very thoughtful of that. When I married my wife, she had a different last name. And I know in modern ages, some of the women keep it. And even some of the guys are taking the women. Like, I'm an old shivers guy, guys. I'm 62 years old, going on 30. And I just want you to know right now, because I feel 30. I can outrun most of you. I can outwork almost everybody in here, no doubt about it. But, but, but I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you the truth. I got energy for days. But I will say this. When I married her, she took my name. Now, which is right thing to do. She took my name. When we became one, she took my name. But now there became a responsibility on me. She is my name bearer. And if I don't do the right thing as a husband, I could bring shame to her because of my name and I could bring shame to her. She took my name. She didn't have her, her maiden name was Chisenhall. She's not Chisenhall anymore. She's Luffman. She's my last name. So she's a name bearer for me. She represents me, but more importantly, she took my name. I represent her. And I have to be very, very uh, knowledgeable of the fact that whatever I do could reflect on her. She could do nothing wrong, but if I did something really stupid, it would damage her because she's got my name. Are you listening to me? So when we say we are Christians, we've taken on his name. We have his name on. I'm a Christian. Give me another sip of that, honey. Give one more draw. Praise the Lord. Where are we getting this from? Because we're not getting it from the Bible. We're, we're letting the world define what a Christian is, but we have to go back. We're supposed to be Christ-like. Christian means Christ-like. Means I, I act like Christ act, acted. Amen. So she is my name bearer. When my children were born, they had my name. I, I had to adopt our son. It's a long story, but I had to adopt him. I finally did. So everybody in our family had my name. And then our daughter, Rachel, got married and she's married to the young man on the camera, who's also the young man who's the tech, who's also the young man that runs just about everything here. You know, Jason, Jason. Then, then she was no longer a Luffman. She is now Rachel Davis. And then just let me, let me let you know, she's married to a wonderful young man. Thank God. She took, she took his name and he's done nothing to bring shame to her. Gentlemen, don't you, don't you dare marry a woman and then do stupid, foolish things afterwards because you're going to bring shame to her because now she took your name. You can't run skirts anymore. You can't just be with the homeboys all the time anymore. You, I mean, 
For this cause shall a man leave. It's using an extreme there, father, mother. It's really meaning, for this cause shall a man leave everything that was in that life there. Okay, now I said I want you as my wife, so I'm leaving this trash, but I'm going to connect with you, and you are, you're it for me the rest of my life. I'm going to build my life around you. Build my life. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm slipping in and out of some stuff today. Right? Because ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Right? Marvin Gaye and Tammy. Anyway, so she, so I have to be cautious. Now, I'm the pastor of this church, Faith Outreach Church. There, when people see it and know more about it, oh, pastors William and Ginger Luffman, they're the, not only are we the senior pastors, we're the senior founding pastors. And, but I have to understand that I represent the church. I told the people this morning, I don't know if you know this, we have these little things you can put in your window that say Faith Outreach Church on your car. I've got one on my truck out here. You can see it. It says Faith Outreach Church. Little letter says the church you've been looking for. And uh, how many of you know that I still need prayer when I drive? That if pastor has a weakness, that spirit tries to get on me when I'm behind the wheel every now and then. I was the other day, I was somewhere, and this person kind of got beside me and kind of looked over at me and gunned it a little. I thought, you're not, no, you're not getting by with that. When we get to the traffic light, I'm taking you. No, you're not doing it. We got to the traffic light. I looked over and I mean, I put that, I could, you know, I got me a car here, man. It's got a Hemi in it. I kicked my Hemi in that truck. I went right ahead of him. And I mean, I didn't wait till I was way ahead of him. I cut in real fast. And I felt pretty good about the fact that I cut him off. I looked in the rearview mirror thinking, ha ha ha. And I looked and I didn't see them. I saw Faith Outreach Church. Oh my, I was like, oh my God. I saw that sticker on my window. I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. So when you take on someone's name, there is a grave responsibility. Some of the young folk in here, and by the way, I love young people. We were youth pastors back in the 80s. One of the young people from my youth group is in here today with her husband, and so awesome to have that happen all these years later and for her to still be serving God and to think that we might have had a small part to play with that. But I love all of you young people. See, some of you have been deceived. You've let your friends tell you what a Christian is. You've let social media tell you what a Christian is. But if we're going to be Christians, we can't bear that name unless we act like Christ. And unless we sound like Christ, unless we do some of the things that Christ did, what did he do? Well, he helped people. He was selfless. He gave his life for other people. It was not all about me, 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 because that's, that's the world we're living in. What about me, 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 what I want, what I feel, what I got to have, what I got to, it's all about that. And Christ is none of that. It's all about serving and it's all about knowing, you know, when you grow up, you know, when you really grow up is when you begin to understand I am here for someone other than me. That's when you know you're growing up a little bit. I'm here for someone other than just me. I, I have to take that thought and, and, and work with that. Can you shout amen? Now in the Bible, Jesus did this many times. I, I may talk about it next week. I, I looked this up almost 150 times in the gospels alone. Jesus used this phrase. He said, you or something similar to this. He said, you've heard it said, and then he would say something. He said, but then he would go, but I say unto you. Now, this is where we have to get more proficient at understanding right and wrong. 
You've heard it said, okay, you've heard it said on media. You've heard politicians say it. You've heard entertainers say it. You've heard sports. You've heard, you've heard them say, this is the kind of way to live. This is the kind of life. Your, your friends, this is what you should do. Ah, but the Bible says, Jesus said, you've heard it said this way, but this is what I say. Now, if I'm going to say that I'm a Christian, I can't, I can't be going by this. I've got to find out more and more about what he said here, and that's what I need to be. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching good. Can you shout amen? Now, look at Acts chapter 17. You're in the book of Acts. Are you okay? Now, what I'm preaching to you, here's what I want you to hear. What I'm preaching to you is not really a hard way. You know what the Bible says? And this is another deception. The Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. Some of you think, well, I just, if I do what pastors say, I won't be able to go to any party, do anything, man. I just, what kind of boring life is that? Oh, well, wait a minute. See, so you're not going to have to go anywhere where you might get hurt, busted, pregnant, beat up, beat down, shot. Have your mind, in, in, uh, you know, have your mind uh, abuse your body, everything. So, yeah, so, yeah, I guess I'm, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. All you got to do is look at people that are doing the things that you want to do 10 years older than you and see where they are. And here's where most of them are. They are a wreck. They are a disaster. They are a mess. And of course, the devil won't let you see that when the temptation comes. Look at the good time they're having. All of the alcohol commercials, they're all going. They're all like studly, you know, and. And the girls are beautiful, and man, life is so good. Drink it up. Oh, drink responsibly. They, they throw that in because they have to. But they don't show you what five and 10 and 15 years of that will do. Because the Bible says, sin when it's finished brings forth death, James chapter 1. So you're not going to see that at the beginning. You're going to see that we were in, I took, uh, Alan and Julie and the girls up to Nashville. Uh, they wanted to go to the country music hall of fame and just see some of the artifacts. So I took them up there Friday. They said, we've never been downtown Nashville. I said, okay, we'll walk around. So I took them to Jack's barbecue, which is kind of a famous, it's really a hole in the wall, but it's kind of famous. A lot of people have been there downtown Nashville on Broadway. We took them there. Now think about this. This is 12 o'clock noon, 12 o'clock noon, not, not 12 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock noon. Here came bus after bus after bus after bus. Uh, and here came uh, paddle bars, if you don't know what they are. There is this contraption that looks like a car, and they sit there, and they paddle, and it moves down the road. They're paddling while they're drinking. I mean, what would they think of next? And Nashville has now become the number one destination in America for bachelorette parties. And they go down there, and they're down there, ah! Alan and Julie looked at me like, oh, I said, I'm telling you, man, it is crazy. And the girls were going, oh my God, Pastor William. I said, yep. I said, think about this. Now this is 12 o'clock noon. They're getting sauced now. Wait till three or four or five when they've really had a bunch. Somebody, and then they've slipped a couple of pills in, taken a couple of things here, there, and yonder. And then they're somewhere that night. Well, I, tell, I, I mean, listen, I can tell you statistically by the next morning, some of those girls are going to be pregnant. Some of those girls are going to have STDs. Some of them may be raped. Most of them are going to be sick. And 
Nothing in their life is going to get better. Now they've gotten into a place where a hook got in their mouth and they're going to think the only way I can have fun is doing stuff like this. Now don't shut me down. I know what I'm preaching isn't popular. I get it. I get it. You can go to churches all day and they'll pat your little hand and say, sweetheart, honey bunch. You just, you, you just listen. Jesus loves you. Grace, 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 honey. You can't mess this up. You do, he doesn't want you to do bad. But if you do bad, it's okay, sweetheart. He's got you covered. There's churches right down the road here in Clarksville, Tennessee that'll teach you that all day long. But remember, broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go therein. But narrow is the way that leads to life and only a few are going in. So you have to make a choice. But then I won't have any fun. We've already covered what your fun does. But I always tell you, I tell you these stories to help you, not to impress you at all. But at 62 years of age, being raised by one of the poorest families in, in the whole city, uh, my mom not married in 1958 when she had me, you know all the stories, so many negatives, no education, none of them graduated high school, being raised in that environment, that's where I was raised. But because I became a real Christian, I didn't just go to church, I had something explode in me and I followed it. And I've been doing my, I haven't been perfect, but I've done my best to follow it. For 45 years, here's what I've been able to do. Just about anything I ever dreamed about being able to do in my life. I have gone to places I never, I've been 41 states, 10 countries. My Lord, I have seen some things and we've traveled to places I never thought. The church sent us on an Alaskan cruise a couple years ago. Woo, Lord, boy, that was nice. We've done so many things. Somebody said, do you have a bucket list? I said, heck no, man, I don't have one. I'm not kicking the bucket. I don't have one. I've sat in sports stadiums in the best seat in the whole stadium. I have been to places that things, things that matter to me that wouldn't matter to most people that, that, and I'm sitting there and go, Oh my goodness. You almost have to pinch yourself, Lord. I can't, but, but then you realize if you follow on to know the Lord, the Bible says he'll bless you when you come in and he'll bless you when you go out, he'll bless you in the city. He'll bless you in the field. He'll bless everything you put your hand to do. Can you shout amen? amen. Did you find Acts 17? I'm closing. Can you believe that? This is Paul's sermon at Athens. Now, Paul was not ashamed of Jesus. He was bold. He was a Christian and he didn't let it, he didn't hold anything back and he didn't care what anybody said about him. And here's Paul preaching and he's got some of the, he's here, uh, all they have, they have what they call an unknown God. And here's the truth. Anyone who does not identify with Jesus Christ all they have in reality is an unknown God. They can put a name on them, but they don't even exist. They can make a religion. Oh, it can be a nice religion. They can have five pillars of this and seven edicts of that and 23 of these, but it's only religion. So Paul is preaching at Athens. And I want you to look at verse 28. This is my last verse. For in him, everybody say in him. Look at these next two words. We live. Did it say we visit him on Sunday? We visit him, you know, when church is up. In him we live. Everybody say live. So he lives in me and I live in him. Amen? We live in him. But here's it. Here's you can say that a lot of ways. It's amazing how you can take four words and get all kinds of thoughts out of four words. 
In him we live. Okay, wait a minute. In him, we really, we can say we really live. I, I've lived a life out there. I was crazy from 13 to 17. I was a little idiot. And I look at that life and I look at where I've met the last 45 years. I'm like, oh my, you can't even compare how different it is. Look to this. In him we live, listen to this, and move. Oh, wait a minute. So in other words, my movements are dictated by him. Not by my friends, not by the trends, not by the world, not by politicians, not by entertainers, not by sports athletes. Anybody here? In him we live and move, our movements. Listen to this, and have our being. Everything that I am, anything that's, let me say it this way, anything that's good about me that you might perceive as good, and I hope that you see some good in me, Anything you see in me that's good is because I have, I'm in him. I have my being in him. If I had not had him, I would have done just like the rest of my family. I'd been a heathen night. I'd have spent my whole life trying to do for myself and I'd probably be dead by now. But in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poise, I said Paul was pointing out, even people that you respect that are intellectual have noticed this about us. He said, even your intellectuals have noticed us that we're different from everybody else. Here's what he says, for we are also his offspring. You are the offspring of God. Say, I'm legitimate. You're not illegitimate. You're not illegitimate. You were born for a reason. It's, it's more than to just fall in with the rest of your friends. You were born for a higher purpose than just falling in with the trends and fads of the world. You were born to be a Christian and to be like Christ and to help people and to make a difference. And when you start doing that stuff, God will add everything in your life you could ever imagine. He'll let you do so many wonderful, exciting things. You won't have to trade your soul. You won't have to trade away your life. You just go about serving God. And the next thing you know, God's getting you to do this, allowing you to do that. And I'll tell you what, you'll have a life you'd never dreamed of. Everyone say, with the help of God, it's my desire to be a real Christian. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.